Welcome to the third edition of the MLF1 podcast. Uh, we're recording at Summerbox today. Our special guest, Florence Kamaida. She's an author, entrepreneur, Mandela Washington Fellow, champion for adolescent girls' health and menstrual hygiene. And she's here because she's an F1 fan. Welcome, Florence. Sante sana. How did you become a fan? What was your first F1 experience? It's a funny story because... Um, you know, when you have those boyfriends that watch um, sports the whole day. So there's a weekend for golf, tennis, uh, there's athletics. Um, and then Sundays was always an F1 afternoon. Um, so of all the sports that you're watching the whole weekend, I loved golf for some reason. And then F1 seemed exciting. Um, I'd watched MotoGP before and there were a lot of accidents. Then I loved F1 because it was like a fun kind of uh, sport. Like, I think I was watching F1 to connect with this guy more. Okay. <laughs> and to really have those Sunday afternoon moments. And then I was just caught up. About what years was this? And what is the first driver or team you connected with? Um, It was 2013. I connected with Hamilton because he was a Ferrari fan. I wanted to be different. Okay. So actually it was just Hamilton because first of all, he's handsome and then he's black. And then I was just like, yeah, Hamilton. I didn't even have a reason. I didn't know what was happening in F1. But then I was like, I think I'll support this guy. And then that was it. Okay. And then for the last uh, two, three years we've had COVID. How have you been watching races before and after? Before, oh, before was wonderful. We used to have a club, um, Choices, F1 club. Yes. And then I was actually the secretary of that club. Was I a secretary or hospitality manager? Something. And we used to have a following. We had at least 200 members, so we'd watch F1 as a club. Um, the morning races, we'd go and watch Australian GP, have breakfast, um, afternoon races, night races were the best because we now go and have some drinks after watching the races. So we used to have a community of F1 um, lovers and fans. Um, and then COVID happened, we had to start watching from home. Um, the good thing, I live near a friend who watches F1, so we'd go to each other's homes to watch the race, but it wasn't as exciting as watching it with 200 other people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, very nice place, choices. Um, yeah. you, you saw it last, last week. What what did you see? Oh my God, it's a hardware store. <laughs> oh no. But they still have that sign of choices F1, the home of F1, something. They still have that, um, the banner. But it's a hardware store now. Have you found a new uh, pub local to watch um, F1? My local, I, I go to my local, but now I understand K1 Beach and Butch, uh, offering a place where guys can watch. So I want to try that um, this coming weekend. Yeah, Before, I think we're just roaming around places where, you know, a friend or two are watching. Okay. Then we'll go into a small dark corner. (laughs) The 5th of December was Saudi Arabia. Then the 12th of December was the Abu Dhabi race. Where were you watching it and what was your experience like? I was watching it with my neighbors at our local. Um, It was weird because we didn't expect to end the season. 
um, like Max and Hamilton, um, the same points. Of course, we got the constructors who were happy, but then we do not expect, I do not expect the two drivers would actually have the same points, like we're going head to head. I was expecting by like the second last race would know who is the, the winner. Yeah. But the fact that we had to go to the last race, my God, um, yeah, it was it was heartbreaking to say the least. Um it's now later on that they're saying, oh, human error, but we all saw it. Hamilton deserved the win. Um, but because a fan really has to show that it's not only one person winning, they had to give it to Max. Because I keep asking. So it, something I have to tell you, I blocked everyone <laughs> on okay. that day. And then I unblocked them um, the beginning of the season. All the groups, like I left all the groups because they're all discussing, oh, now Hamilton is not a winner anymore. Oh, we have a new champion. Max is not a champion. Okay, that was just like Tulibi Wakura. <laughs> that is what I have to say. So it was really heartbreaking in Abu Dhabi. And um, I was hoping this year we could actually show them like we still got it. So you can imagine the heartbreak. Nendeleambaka saizi. So yeah, it was it wasn't a good race for me. So just along those lines, in one motor WhatsApp group, I mean, mm-hmm. I think in all the discussions about Abu Dhabi, they mm-hmm. got quite heated last year. Mm-hmm. And there was one guy, you know, who left the group. You, know, you just see somebody has yeah. exited the group. And then this year, the mm-hmm. season started, and he was added back into the group about mm-hmm. a week ago. And I think he came on, and then he he still saw discussions about. Abu Dhabi, Hamilton, Verstappen. He only stayed five minutes in the group and he checked out again. I understand his pain, by the way, because how do they uh, fire Masi and not... Like, okay. we just do like one last laugh between the two drivers. But I understand his pain. It was really painful because all through we had seen um, the competition between Max and Hamilton and we'd seen how Max had... It was just a bully on the on the racetrack um and Hamilton had always been um kind okay let me not say kind the way he drives he drives really carefully sort of bully the way Max was and I know they had nothing to lose um and everything to gain by the way um but I did not think the competition was fair the whole of last year but throughout the race um Mercedes and Hamilton they they remained fair they raced fair and I think they should, Red Bull would have given, um, they should have just been good on the track, but now I know better. Okay. Hamilton should have been a bully. They bully each other on the track. So you're back to watching F1 in 2022? Yes. How has that been? How has the season started in the two three, two races we've had? Um. Now imagine Abu Dhabi times 10, because now <laughs> we have a tractor. The way we used to bully Ferrari that you guys have a tractor. Now we are the ones who have a tractor. We, cannot, we don't have a strong car. And I was wishing we would not have improved last year's car to get back in Iowa for some time. So you can imagine now, like Hamilton, Ali Maliza number 10. And then he was asking, does this position even have a point? <laughs> because he's never been, he's never been there. We've never been there. We've never seen 
Mercedes struggling. I love George Russell. I think he will bring in some competition once they improve the game because the the, um, the first two Ferrari and Red Bull need some activity up on Vele. So I feel George Russell will bring it on. Also Hamilton, I know. But um, we are not expecting this at all. Like okay. it was a shocker. So watching has been like, Ish. Uh, let's just see what is going on. Okay. Yeah. We have Australia, the Australian Grand Prix in about two days. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we really want to learn mm-hmm. is, uh, what race have you been to? Um, I've been to Abu Dhabi, 2018. 2018, yes. okay. Mm. Um, how did the journey start to go to Abu Dhabi? What was the spark? Um, so I have a friend. He goes to, um, annually he travels to some place to watch a race. And then in 2017, we had talked about the Abu Dhabi race. Um, and that was exciting because we actually didn't know who would win between um, Hamilton and Vettel. So for him, um, he had started planning from like March and then he would talk about it. But then by May, when he was getting his tickets, I'd not prepared myself. Okay. So when he actually went to see the live race, like you're not sure who will win. So you're going to actually see it live. Yes. I felt like really left out, you know, the real form. So I started booking after 2017, I started booking my 2018 uh, travel. Okay. And... um. The cheapest of all the races was Abu Dhabi. So I was um, planning around it. Yeah, so that is when the planning started. How many of you were doing the planning? How many of you were keen on going? Because I know that uh, when you when many people plan, mm-hmm. but the delivery is different. <laughs> yeah. Those who actually make it to the end. Yeah. Yes. I think we're like party people who are planning to travel. Yes. We're like a lot. We're even in a WhatsApp group and we're all planning. Um so between January and Feb, you have to book and then start paying by May. So you get like um, the affordable tickets if you're booking uh, the plane and then also race tickets. Um, so by the time May reached, I think you're only 15. Okay. Um, yeah, so from 30, I think it dropped to 15. I think the ones we went with were like seven or six, seven. Yeah. What was the planning experience? Was there like a key person? Did you use an agency? Oh, so there was a um, there's a guy called Macau. He runs Paddock Experience. Okay. Um, and then he he actually takes guys to watch races. Um, so it was easy because you just give him your money. He will pay for the tickets. He will he will basically do everything for you. You just have to appear. Okay. Yeah. So for me, it was really pretty easy because I had someone who'd gone for races before and he'd been to that track so many times before. Macau. Yes. So we, it was easy for me. So just like give him the money, we have a payment plan and then he will book everything for you. What was the payment plan? Like pay 20% by this date and then 50 by this date? Between February and May, um, the cost, so the the total cost was 200,000. Um, I think we had to pay 70000 at first, and then the rest you pay by May. Um, I remember the guys who actually booked their tickets later. So you can book the, the F1 tickets, we had to pay by May. But then air tickets you can pay probably even a day before. But if you want affordable tickets, you can pay um, much earlier. So it was it was depending on, on how you, you are financially. So it wasn't really strict. You can even pay like, 
um, 20,000 shillings for the race tickets and then the tickets, the air tickets can pay later on. Okay. Yeah. So there was no consensus about, because um, I, I know Abu Dhabi, you've got, all trucks will have mm-hmm. different different uh, seat uh, proposals where you can have a, a truck side on the grid mm-hmm. and Abu Dhabi even has a, a field, kind of a one-inchy field. Mm-hmm. So where the cost of the ticket varies. Was that option open to you or you guys said we all want to be sit together on uh, at corner one and see everything together? We actually wanted to sit together at some corner where you, there is, you can watch some overtake and, and some corner. So we wanted to sit together as, as Kenyans um, because of also like ease of, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're going toward the race, after the race, there is now the concert. So it's good to sit together at some, uh, some place. Um, but also because he runs a company called Paddock Experience, he is able to book the tickets beforehand and okay. then you can pay Pole Pole. So you already had the tickets and booked for like, he blocked for like, say, 10 people, 15 people, and then you can pay. But the tickets were already like booked. So he paid for the whole team. Was this your first experience in Abu Dhabi? Yes, it was. Okay. Mm. Um, what airline did you guys choose, by the way? I went with Emirates. But yeah. everybody took their own... Um, six of us took Emirates. The rest were coming from different countries. Okay. We had a few, um, we had a guy from coming from Rwanda, uh, there's another one from Tanzania. So we had, at that particular time, we had different people coming in, but the same group. Um, the Abu Dhabi race is on Yas Marina Island, mm-hmm. and then there are different accommodation options. You know, there's an island which I think costs more than there's a main Abu Dhabi city. Mm-hmm. I know my friend who even, I think, stays in Dubai when she goes for the races. Mm-hmm. So what was the agreement about where to stay? And what did you guys choose? Accommodation was pretty... Um, everyone had to choose their own because, like, I wanted to stay in Dubai because I have relatives and friends in Dubai. And then the nightlife in Dubai and the nightlife in Abu Dhabi is not the same. Okay. So the guys who, who wanted to stay near their, their truck, so they stayed in Abu Dhabi. But then there are guys who stayed in Dubai. And it would take like one cab and travel the four of us or the three of us to Abu Dhabi. It's just 45 minutes. Then you come back and experience now the nightlife in Dubai. Was there consensus about what you guys would do there? Um, so maybe the guys who want to see, to see the support races and do the mm-hmm. grid work, then the others who want to go do sailing in Dubai. Or was there consensus A- ahead of time? There was. So um, the group I went with was wild because we had, I think, rugby the following week. So they were staying over. So they, they, wow. were, they, were, they were having like a two-week stay. So they, were, they had options, right? Um, we had to go for the grid walk, for, especially for some of us who'd never been to the track, uh, to our live race before. So we did the, the, um, the, the grid walk on Thursday. And then we not to go for the practice. Okay. Um, yeah. 2018 was was not as wild as 2017 because we knew Hamilton was winning. So okay. for us, it was just like we're going there to celebrate okay. and enjoy and have fun and finally get to watch a live race. So um, the people who decided to go to Ferrari World, um, so Friday was an after, an, uh, a day where guys would just chill and do the other stuff. But then qualifiers, we had to go. And then um, it's it's going for a live um, race. It's like a festival, okay. like a music festival. Because what they do, um, 
you will go uh, buy uh, merchandise at, at discounted prices. There are places where you can buy. There are places where you do simulations. There are places where you can actually um, take like extremely big, uh, good photos of previous cars um, and experience and get in. And it was just like a nice festival. And then there are the um, artists playing all over. It's like an arena of just fun, right? And then we had now villages. We had a Kenyan village where Kenyans from Dubai would come. And then Kenyans who now had come to watch the race would just chill. So if the qualifiers are large, like at 3 p.m. or yes. no, 6 p.m., would get there around 11. Oh, okay. Yeah. So from 11, you're just having parties and then... Um, Heineken being our sponsor, of course, uh, Heineken was at a discounted price. You're buying jugs and tubs of, of Heineken. And then there are, there are musicians all over. It was really a festival. It wasn't, for me, it wasn't like a live race. Yes. It was like, first of all, to have a festival first and then go watch at least experience. So qualifiers, at least we did, we watched. And then on Sunday, the same thing. You do the festival the whole day. Oh, the concert. So set, um, Saturday we had a concert. Sunday we had a concert. Sam Smith uh, played on Sunday. Yeah, so after the race, yeah. you all go to the concert. So it's, it was really like a fun festival for me. Um, I was going to ask if you met other Kenyans, and clearly we'll come back to that. But mm -hmm. So in your group of seven, mm -hmm. so were there people in Dubai, people on the, in the city, people on Yas Island, all coming together? We were actually a total of 15. 15? Yes. Okay. So, yes, we were different. Well, in Dubai, we were like five people. Um, Abu Dhabi, there were another five. And then at the island, there were another like four or five, yeah. How were you guys staying in touch? I thought there was no WhatsApp in Abu Dhabi. Do you recall? No, we had to buy lines. So when you got to Dubai, we had to buy uh, the lines. And then they give they give you credit, and then they give you like access to now, um, their kind of WhatsApp. Okay. Yeah. Were there any um, non fans on your trip? Say like spouses in your group, and how did you manage that dynamic? I think there's one person who came with a wife. <laughs> the wife was in the hotel throughout. I think she was bored. Oh, yeah, no. but everyone else was like single, go happy, go lucky, just coming to watch the the, um, the race. Yeah. So you said the approximate budget was two hundred thousand. That's about yes. two thousand shillings. Two thousand. Uh, two thousand dollars. Yeah. Yes. So that is flight, accommodation, and the race tickets. Okay. Yeah. Access from Thursday to Sunday. Yes, mm. that's, a, that's the three day ticket. Yes. Okay. Um, we've had discussions with other Kenyan groups about having events in Kenya. So whether it's music or sports. Mm -hmm. And then one challenge which organizers always have in Kenya is that the people who can afford these mm -hmm. tickets will all want freebies. They don't want to buy tickets. How do you think Kenyans can overcome that the, in terms of organizing and getting people to actually pay for events like the safari and big music concerts? Kenyans have money because you'll find the same Kenyan asking for a freebie is buying a bottle of whiskey for like 10,000 shillings. Yes. You no, know, they just don't want to spend on something they can get for free. So I think also because of um, the trips that guys have had, a lot of people are now getting on board. So they also want to experience. 
So um, once they hear about the cost or the payment plan, they're like, oh, let me try it. Let me try it. So you, the, the funds, the real, real funds will actually do it. Like I know Safari right now, have um, the lovers have booked, the funds have booked hotels by now. They're already full. Nevasha is sold out. Yeah, it's sold out. So someone expecting a freebie in June yes. is not really a fun fund. So the funds will, will actually be proactive buy the tickets in advance because they, they love the sport and they would want to to experience it live. Like just tick on your bucket list. Like I love F1. I would want to watch at least one race before I get to 50 or die. So the, the real fans will do it. So the other fans who are like trying to get freebies or see what will happen, will I feel most of them get motivated to participate and, and save and spend um, some money. Because I know if you start saving today, you will watch a race next year. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Something nice and maybe not so nice about the trip you had, if you can just think of. Mm. You said it was a wonderful experience. It was. Everybody, every yeah. fan should try attend should, race. Yeah, because the, the, um, the um, officials don't joke with their fun in Abu Dhabi. They don't because they actually tell the residents, hey, we can't near fun. So if okay. you can stay home, please stay home because all the cubs have been taken, all the buses have been taken. So what they do, because where where we where the race is and where the concert is, is some two kilometers. Yes. All the cabs in Dubai are brought into Abu Dhabi. All the buses like are actually leased by the government. Yes. So they organize that you will not be stressed during the, the race. So you will leave the race, the, the race track, and then you will go, you'll just walk Kidogo. Um, there's a bus waiting for you to take you to the concert. From the concert, there's a bus waiting for you to take you to Dubai, back to Dubai. Okay. So they make it easy for you, even if you're traveling alone, which yes. okay, I would advise anyone travel alone because there's more fun when you're traveling as a group. Um, even if you're alone, the, the officials there make sure that nothing happens to you. You're safe, you know where to go, you'll have your fun, and you'll go back to your hotel safely. So I really enjoyed the, the safety and and uh, the experience basically, they 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 actually put all their resources into okay. the the weekend. So the weekend was pretty pretty fun. Something which surprised me when I went uh, maybe four years before to mm. Abu Dhabi was, I thought I'd not be able to find a beer mm-hmm. when I went to the country. Mm-hmm. And but for F one week they accommodate tourists. They allow yeah mm-hmm. bars they special bars and I guess for they know visitors mm-hmm. you're in much you're in your outfits and I they I think they accept that there are tourists in town to watch the sport mm-hmm. and have fun and they accommodate them. Yes. So I could see a lot of um you know it's really hot. Yes. So a lot of women um the way we know um Middle East is conservative yes. cover up. Yeah. So they allowed yeah. everyone to just walk around. It was really extremely hot by the way. So um, everyone was like in shorts, booty shorts and some vests and tank tops. It was just okay. okay. So I think every other tourist was feeling like the vibe. Okay. So I don't know if after the weekend when I'm we now dressed up, I don't know. Yeah, cover your <laughs> but that, that now, weekend cover was your really, hair. yeah, but that weekend, everything was just okay. for the tourists. Yeah. Okay. Next race you plan for? I would want to go to Europe. <laughs> Okay. because I understand, okay, from my friend's perspective, like it's one of the best, um, especially the back-to-back ones. You can, like, can take a train and just go to the next race. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to do that soon. 
Okay, this year or next, do you think? Mfuko ikikubali this year definitely. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much. I've learned so much about going to Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. As you said it's uh, probably the easiest race for people in Nairobi to yes. attend. Yes. I think one one flight. Mm-hmm. Uh no visa requirements. Um this you have to apply for the visa. You apply. Yeah, okay. but it's just like a, a day. Okay. Yeah, especially if you're going for F1 it's just like a day. But then everything else was processed by our our guys. So, okay. Mm. I must look for Mbaku and have an interview with him you about to. Mm. organizing mm. trips yeah, for yeah. Mm. more fans to attend. Yeah. Um in two days we'll have Australia. Um return after 2020 2019. Because yeah. I think it's very famously seen on Netflix what mm-hmm. happened in 2020 mm-hmm. where the first covid case hit and they canceled the race mm-hmm. like on two days before it happened. Yeah. Um what are your views about the return to Australia the track has been changed uh there's more DRS zones more overtaking I, mm-hmm. it's a low overtaking circuit but they hope that this year will be different Um well I love Australia because it's always like the first um track in the season always been Um I'm not pretty excited about this because as Mercedes we're trying to change the rear wing we're trying to change the floor but then they're saying it's really no magic so i'm just hoping the two the reds and the blues ferrari and red bull give us a good show um i'm not looking forward to it because i know as much as many changes as we make it won't be seen until like the sixth race okay so i'm just here watching and hoping that ferrari will do me proud and at least we get some points not number 10 kind of points okay. but at least after to keep back up on number 5 6 we'll have done something we still have a long way to go yeah but i'll still watch the race and enjoy it as everyone else like i, I can't believe i'm enjoying the race kama ferrari will have enjoyed the last two years of hoping and wishing so now i'm, I'm them like just bring get through or we just finish a race yeah i know it's been more than two years for ferrari oh yeah so ferrari it's about 12 years Ume, actually. No. Yeah. But Ferrari okay. Eh by the you've been out in the cold. Yeah. Yeah. But I can believe I, now this year Nisisi to make up in Jakamanini. I think that's why there was so much love for Kimi Raikkonen for so many years even though he may have uh, slowed down a bit but mm-hmm. he's the last reigning Ferrari champion yeah. and it's a special thing which Alonso cannot say or Vettel can cannot say because mm-hmm. they they raced for Ferrari but they didn't deliver and Vettel deliver you guys I think for let me just say this I know it is not in the topic but I feel Ferrari did not treat Vettel well I know the car was struggling okay but he's a f- four-time champion how they treated the champion versus you see now um Mercedes is struggling but the driver is really good I've not seen any Mercedes fan like this in Hamilton or saying oh he does not deserve to be in a Mercedes car I think Ferrari fans are really, were really cruel to Vettel because he did not deliver but it was the cars that the, it was mechanical it was not the driver. So I feel um Ferrari Pia you guys have fake fans. Okay. <laughs> but yeah let's see how this year is. I know you guys now are happy. You're having um two champions like one two and two Bnafraya mtoka one two and two. It's a good thing though. It's good to see you back the podium celebrating your yeah. race predictions for the grid and the podium 
I want Ferrari one, two, and then I'm hoping Max won't be on the podium. Like someone else, I have I don't have a liking for Max. Okay. So I'm hoping a Ferrari one, two. Where will you be watching? Number three will be something else. Um, Where will you be watching this this weekend? I would want to go to K1. Let me see if K1 um, will still have a crowd, but I think I'll watch in F1. Oh, K1. Yes, K1. Two pubs and venues who want to organize F1 experiences. What should they deliver? What should they guarantee F1 fans? This is a morning race, for example. It's Mm. 8 o'clock. What can... Say a local pub, whatever you are in Nairobi, what can you do to attract F1 fans? And what do you have to do to deliver an experience for F1 fans to keep coming back? From my experience, like what we used to do at Traces, there was a designated place for guys to watch F1. And they would interact and have their beers or have their breakfast. We served breakfast for the morning races. Um, Afternoon races would serve some bitings on the house, by the way. And then there was no music. Like, I know I've gone to, the last two years I've been trying to watch the race, and it's been frustrating because um, they will advertise, oh, come and watch F1, who will win, Mercedes or Red Bull. So you're rushing to that place because, you know, at least you'll get a pub experience and watch. But the DJ will not stop playing their music. And it's bad music and it's loud. Oh, no. You cannot watch F1, come a volume high. Like, what, will you hear even the radio, what the commentators... So there are many times I've just gone home, like um, miss a few laps, but you're going home to, to watch. Um, they need to have dedicated spaces. But also as organizers of saying um, F1 groups, they need to pull in the numbers because as a, if I'm uh, an owner of a pub, I would not want to um, silence the music for one and a half hours for five people. Yes. I would want to play the music for the 20 people that are around so they can continue, they can still stay there after F1 Nimesha. So I feel we need to pull in more crowds for the clubs to listen to us. Like, I know when we went into Choices, um, the club didn't even have much activity. But then you're pulling 200 people. Like, who is drinking break um, beers and, and coffee on Sunday morning in a pub in Nairobi with 200 people? So you also need to show the pubs that, yeah, we have the numbers and they're, they're coming to spend one and a half hours in the afternoon on a Sunday, you have 200 people, they've spent like a 1,000 or 2,000 shillings per person. That's money that most clubs in this Nairobi would want on a Sunday afternoon. Yes. Yeah, so I feel as much as we want the clubs to listen to us, um, lower the music or, or stop the music altogether and give us space and some big screens and projector, because Piata to TV, to Dogo, they need to, we also need to pull numbers. So if you have a crowd of 20 or 30, it's easy for you to approach a, a pub and say, I have 30 people. You want what there is. What can we do? You know? And then now organize buckets. Like uh, when you were, were watching at some, I think Radisson, something um, on... Um, uh, parking, Radisson. Parking, yes. They, they used to give us like um, discounts on, on drinks and buy things. So you're pulling numbers, but also the club is doing their part. They have a designated area where guys can just watch. So I feel it's a two-way traffic. We also do our part, and then the clubs can do their part. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. We've had a wonderful talk from Kamaida about her experiences as an F1 fan the last few years and a trip to Abu Dhabi. Uh, certainly, F1 fans, you should aim to attend at least one race. And it's one which uh, she has shared lots of lessons on what to do. 
Uh, we're going to certainly reach out to um, Macau and other organizers mm -hmm. about how to arrange for more races. Uh, thank you so much, Kamaida. You want to tell us where we can find you? Um, on Twitter. I'm always on Twitter, at Kamaida. Okay. Yeah. And your initiative for the adolescents? Oh, Pad Heaven initiative. Pad Heaven. Yes. Okay. Mm. Um, thank you so much. We're here at Semabox, uh, the Barraza Media Lab with Dana Cheda, our producer. You can follow the MLF1 podcast also on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Limo Taboy, your host at Bankelele. Thank you so much. Uh, enjoy the race on Sunday morning. It's early for Nairobi, 8 a.m., but you'll find us somewhere, and we hope to catch up next time and recap Australia and as the season moves into the European and other tracks. Thank you so much. <laughs>